Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Normally that would mean I was gonna I would have been in Ashburn on Wednesday for the final OTA availability for the media, final round of OTAs this week. Alas, life got in the way. Um, I wasn't really going to make a big deal about this, but uh, it was already out. It's already been out there. Um, I uh, dealing with the COVID like everybody else. I'm doing okay. Nothing to uh, not nothing to, to to panic about at this point, at least as far as I can tell. Uh, there's been like a bad cold type deal for me. I know other people have had different different scenarios. Um, so that's what I've been kind of dealing with, but. Um, I'm still in the period where I need to isolate. So that's what I did. I did not go out to Ashburn today. That said, I did watch the press conferences. And of course, there was a lot to discuss there because of Jack Del Rio's comments today regarding his tweets um, in recent days. And we, we have to talk about that. We also have to talk about what happened at practice. Um, Carson Wentz spoke today as well. Ron Rivera had a few things to tell us in terms of uh, injuries, um, latest on Jerron Payne and Terry McLaurin. So to do that, I had two people that were out there today on the podcast with me. Scott Jackson, of course, um, host on the Team 980, uh, man of many talents, and our friend Matt Parrish from the Washington Times. We went through a bunch of things. I went through a bunch of things with them just a, a little bit ago. We went through the whole Jack Del Rio situation. Um, with today's headline that Jack Del Rio, as he's been relating the events of January 6th to the events in the summer of 2020 following um, the, the national reaction to um, George Floyd's murder uh, and the the issue with making, you know, trying to make these things sort of equal. Um, he said today, he, he referred to the January 6th issue as a, quote, dust up and quote he's already come out and put out a statement apologizing for that comment nonetheless we discussed all that um it we it's about the first 25 minutes of my conversation with scott and 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 matt if you don't want to get into anything along these lines you just want to be a football only person then i'll just say at the point that i go to that go ahead about 25 minutes and skip i'll do i'll put a timestamp in the uh podcast notes um, but I mean, I think we do get into some things that relate to the team now and even a little bit involving the stadium, uh, because of something that came up today following Del Rio's comments. But for those of you who are just that, you don't want to even get involved in that side. Cool. You can go ahead to the rest of the show and the rest of the show. We get into why Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson were on the side field today. Uh, what's going on with Samus Reyes. Um, uh, there was a huge hit today. Uh, by Jeremy Reeves that called that caused Ron Rivera to uh, scream and yell. Uh, profanity was said. Ali was not happy. We got into that. And then we also, of course, talked about the players, um, who stood out, who didn't in the eyes of Scott and Matt. And we each offered some final takeaways now that OTAs are over. What were some of our biggest takeaways from this time period heading into next week's mandatory mini camp so a fun conversation i really appreciate these guys for helping me out since i could not make it out there scott on twitter of course is at jackson sports and matt is at matthew underscore paris p-a-r-a-s um 
yeah, huge bummer. I couldn't make it out there today, but I don't know if I sound like crap, but um, actually, today's actually not a bad day. Dealing with everything, practice and, and, and the aftermath and all that actually helped distract me. The last few days have been, I'm not going to say uh, people had it a lot worse, but you know, it, being sick is no fun in whatever capacity, and that was kind of that the last couple of days. But we're all good. We move forward, and we move forward now to get to the conversation here uh, with Scott and Matt, who, again, were out at practice today. So while I wasn't there, they had a firsthand look at what happened. Um, and I can also give us some more insight beyond what we saw in the live stream about Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, and others uh, at the press conferences today. So we'll get to all that here in just a second. As always, a reminder, you can subscribe uh, to The Athletic. I did have a wrote down a whole breakdown today of everything that happened, um, you know, from from what I gathered uh, and, and my perspective as well. And um, you can, of course, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. And follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig. All right, let's get to it. Um, everything that happened today, we're starting with Jack Del Rio, then about 25 minutes in, we'll get to the football stuff. So if you want to skip that, just forward ahead. All right, let's do it. Um, ben, Scott, Matt talking commanders here on the standard room only podcast. All right. As promised, joining me here on the podcast and uh, not just, they're not just guests today. They're the eyes and ears uh, for me. Uh, we've got Matt Paris from the Washington times and Scott Jackson from uh, what have we called you from there, but the team 980. Was that good? Wherever, oh. man, I'm just everywhere. You're everywhere. Um, all right. So uh, as I told everybody in the top, uh these guys were at the park today and while i was able to watch the interviews online i didn't catch all the uh action on the field and even you know you can't see everything watching a live stream so they're gonna help me uh you know help us kind of go through what happened today and we're gonna start off though with this jack del rio stuff um first off though before we get to anything i uh (laughs) if i had told you guys like you know yesterday hey come on the podcast today let's discuss and i tell you carson wentz is talking today if, if i told you we're not even we may not even get to anything he said <laughs> we may not even discuss one word from carson wentz today what you what, would you believe that uh you know i no probably not i definitely would not have believed that and, and after being out there today the way the day started i thought we've been talking about a big on the field incident <laughs> and the coach dropping you know 10 to 12 four letter words at his players but in here we are talking about the post practice and the defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't know what Matt thought, but that's, that's kind of where I was. Yeah. I mean, we saw Ron Rivera, the angriest she's ever been publicly, at least arriving to Washington and it doesn't even make the A block. So here <laughs> right. we are. Right. doesn't make the A block. All right. So l- l- let's start with this. So, you know, there was a question I think amongst a lot of us over the last few days was, were we going to have to start asking Jack Del Rio about his tweets in some capacity here. Now, it's not like these tweets are new. In you know, they're all he's been tweeting about his feelings on politics and culture since he got here. I mean, presumably before that too, but we only started paying attention when he got here. When I did my first one-on-one with him in August of 2020, a chunk of the article was about his he wants to tweet out his thoughts and feelings and we discussed why he does that and even discussed it, do his players get upset about it and how he would react and all that which was a lot of this this today's discussion. That said, people might be saying, who gives a crap? Why are you wasting any time talking about asking him questions 
about his his tweets and why are we just wasting our time here on this podcast and i'm just gonna say for myself why i think this is important and these guys can react as they want um you know his tweet from two days ago on january on not january on june 6th um he basically made try to make an equivalency between the reaction in this country to a man's murder at, at the hands of police officers that inflamed the societal topic of and particularly among black Americans of uh, police brutality. And he's trying to equivalent that with an attempt to overthrow the government. Like, I'm not trying to be political. We, we've let his stuff go for two years. People can say what they want to it, what they want. That's fine. But at some point you got to have to ask some questions today. They were, and that's why I think today they were asked and I think they were justified in asking. That's my view. No, I'm with you. I mean, again, there there are two different things. There are two. You you can be against both. You can be against looting and, and what happened in 2020, and still understand that's completely different than what happened uh, on January 6th with with the Capitol insurrection, and understand that's how dangerous that is and why it's dangerous. Um, you know, again, you know, there was a lot of things about that that were you know just he kind of kind of blow off today obviously he's come back with the with the statement since then kind of walking back the way he handled it but yeah I mean I I don't know how to explain that to people that don't understand why that's kind of important that you know despite all these things being debunked about election fraud and all this other crap uh we still have people out there that seem to just kind of blow it off and think that that was okay and it was no big deal and you know, again, one one person died that day, and then I think five other in the end, you know, days later, uh, you know, you talk about the PTSD that went on with some of the officers. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that are still uh, haunting us from from that moment, and it was one of the worst moments in history, and if he doesn't get that, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and really, you know, I mean, I really don't. I, don't. I don't know what to say to him. It was just, it kind of blew me away today when he called it a dust-up, and I was, I was saying dust-up out loud to myself, like, for about five minutes, because I couldn't believe he said it. Right. right. And just just to add to that, I mean, you know, referring to the, the George Floyd protest as rooting, uh, like as rioting and looting, like it just really downplays what that movement was about. And you think about all the, the action that Washington's players took uh, around that time. And afterward, you know, Chase Young was in a video with other NFL stars to urging the league to condemn, condemn racism at that time. They canceled practice after the shooting of Jacob Blake in August and had this big forum to talk about what they could do in the community. And so, you know, these, these are issues that, that matter to the players and society. And just for them to, to downplay, for him to downplay that and to kind of, you know, I, I thought one thing that really stood out today was Del Rio was saying that he was just asking a simple question. Well, it's not really that simple, and it was just such a bad faith argument to me that uh, he's free to express that opinion, but he needs to understand why people are, are upset, and I think that's kind of why he apologized later in the day. Yeah, you nailed it, Matt. I mean, that's a good point, too, because, I mean, we just, you know, to, it was kind of a weird thing. And, again, you know, I, I think there's an underlying feeling here that's not being talked about from, from him, which is he feels like this, this thing was stolen, right? Like he thought the election was stolen. Cause I mean, that, that's what he's, it seems like is what he's getting at, but he's not saying it. And then he's also saying that there's some type of, uh, 
I, I guess reverse racism in a sense, uh, you know, <laughs> this day and age is what he's kind of getting at. I mean, and it's just like, dude, just say it. If you want to, if we're going to go here, let's go all the way in. And he's kind of tippy toed around. I'm like, well, I'm just asking questions like all this casual BS. And I, I think we're just like, come on, man, this is intellectually dishonest what you're pulling here. Just say what you want to say. If you're going to do this, if you're going to go all in and be this guy, go for it. But if not, you know, you got to understand the, the team you work for, they're going to feel the, the, the heat from this. Uh, the, the coach you work for is going to feel the heat from this. The players are going to feel the heat from this. And obviously somebody got to him today, but four five thirteen when he, when he finally tweeted out his walk back, if you will, of, of what he was saying was somewhat of an apology. Right. And just to sort of, you know, I'm not going to read the whole transcript from today. Uh, thing you can read. I, I wrote about it up on the athletic. You can read, uh, you can read it there. Um, he interestingly sort of at the top of the press conference, he was asked a few questions about it and he largely got by. Like, I don't think we would be having this conversation right. about Jack Del Rio much right now. If we hadn't gotten to, there was one last question at the end. And within that last question, he, he, he says, fine, let's get into it. And he makes these uh, comparisons that we're discussing. And then he, he says, um, you know, that we have, he says, then quote, then we have a, a dust up at the Capitol, et cetera, et cetera. And the, the term dust up, um, you know, for obviously, as we're saying, a pretty monumental moment in this country's history, um, you know, is why this is what, what got people uh, uh, angry, irate, curious, you know, wanted to discuss it. And then it also led to, to Del Rio issuing a statement not that long ago. The press conference was this morning. The statement was just a few, a little bit ago. Scott um, has it. We're going to let Scott's radio voice kick in here. Scott, what's the uh, what's the statement? Yeah. So he said, I quote, I made comments earlier today in referencing an attack that took place on the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. <laughs> referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protests in our country. I have fully supported all peaceful protests in America. I love respect and support my fellow coaches, players, and staff that I work with and respect their views and opinions. So that was his statement. Um, all right. So, so that's where things are with, with that. Now, what, what else is, what else is important here with this particular topic? A couple things stand out to me. Um, first of all, um, Ron Rivera was asked about all this before Del Rio spoke. So he was only asked about Del Rio's, tweets not the dust-up comment or anything that he said today and Rivera Matt basically just kind of was like you know what I'm not going to get into it I'm not going to discuss what I talk about with the, with the coaches with, with anybody here whatever you know he basically just didn't want to get into it and said nothing um is that is that is that Matt fair interpretation yeah I would say so you know he's taken that approach before but I would say, especially with coaches rather than players. Right. You know, and he kind of seems to have, I don't know if it's a double standard, but if, so, if a player had tweeted this, um, I, I think he would have taken a little, a little bit more forceful of a stance. Well, this That's is why point. to me, right. This is why to me, I think Del Rio, look, not being, I'm not being cute about any of this, but like, you know, like the, you know, the old thing with Manny Ramirez, like that's just Manny being Manny. Like nothing that Del Rio did today is like surprising people. He's again, he's been pretty open about his tweeting and his thoughts on all these topics all this time. This is not 
surprising. So it's kind of baked in. But when Rivera, a guy who has you know spoken out on various topics, doesn't say anything, and if he continues to not say anything, I think he could be in some trouble here should the players at some point say, hey, we do want to say something. Because one thing that's notable, and all three of us, you know, in some ways, you know, we, we we all pay attention to to what to the Wizards, and then sort of tangentially, at least a little bit with the Mystics. You know, back in 2020, you know, Bradley Beal and Natasha Cloud with the Mystics were two of the bigger athletes, not just locally but like nationally, when it came to Black Lives Matter and speaking up and and things like that. The the Commanders have largely not had those types of players. There were some people who went to some of the various rallies and events um, at that time. And, you know, I'm sure I have, have tweeted out something here or there, but by and large, they have not had sort of these outspoken leaders. Um, even Del Rio, when he said today, when he was asked, do, you, do the players get upset by what you're saying? And he said, um, let me find it here. Where do I have this here? He said, um, well, I've lost here. Well, basically, I don't have the quote, but basically he said, look, if they have an issue, we'll discuss it. But Basically, they don't have, you know, as far as he knows, he doesn't, they don't have an issue because they haven't said anything and there's nothing to say. And I think that's an, I think that's probably perhaps the accurate truth because they're not, I, we haven't heard them say anything yet at all. But I'm wondering now, Matt, what happens if they do? Because, right, Rem, it's going to be pretty hard for Rivera to now, like, not that I'm saying he should suppress anybody, but you can't now tell the players to be quiet. And I'll, this leads to a different point, which we'll get into in a second. But what do you make of that point, Matt? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting one. And I think the thing that maybe they don't have to worry about is there's not a land and call in on this team anymore. There's going back to even before Rivera, Josh Norton or, or DJ Swearinger, you don't have these vocal defensive leaders. And especially in like someone like Norman's cases or Norman's case or Collins's case, you know, but they were politically active and they, they spoke out about a lot of things. But, you know, Washington doesn't really necessarily have that person right now except maybe chase young but i, I don't i would i'd be surprised if he said something frankly um because you know you think about even when they were taking a stand in the summer of 2020 that was adrian peterson that was Dwayne haskins a lot of the defensive guys weren't as nearly as vocal as some of the, of the offensive players yeah, it does seem like they have um, created an environment where they have a lot of good soldiers, if you will. <laughs> and now they're the commanders. No pun intended. But, you know, they have a lot of that going on. And there isn't a lot of guys who are allowed to, shall we say, color outside the lines and, and have a lot of personality and, and say much. You know, this is this coach-centric world that they've created. And I don't necessarily i mean i definitely don't think like matt said had this been a player oh my goodness i mean just think about like i'm old enough to remember the rg3 era right like we we got so interested in all the tweets he had about just stupid stuff you know nothing controversial to this level in terms of society right or you know patriotism what have you and and people used to dissect everything he said and we talked about distractions, blah, blah, blah. You know, the NFL coaches are so anal about distractions. And here you go. Here's your associate head coach. The guy's a heartbeat away from being your head coach doing this. And, you know, and by the way, when he was a head coach at Jacksonville, remember he had the, he was the guy, keep chopping guy. Remember he had the ax in the locker room and they had the ax accident. I mean, who knew that that would only be a sidebar to his career now after, after today uh, with all this other stuff. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it does, you know, Ron Rivera, you know, I don't, again, he can say it's behind scenes, what have you, but I got to think at some point, 
the team. They don't have to tell us, right? They don't have to have it in front of us. The team has to have a conversation about this. And he's got to show that he holds coaches as accountable as he does his players. I mean, it's not just lip service BS that, yeah, everybody's accountable in this group, not just you guys. Well, and, and like to the point, you guys mentioned this hit in practice today where Jeremy Reeves hits. Right, the perfect ground. example. And yeah. um, I, I, I read, I, uh, you know, I listened to Rivera talk afterwards, as I said, and he made a comment. And again, you correct me if I, uh, uh, my, 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 my sleep, my sleep deprived brain is off here, but I believe he basically said something like that in trying to explain why it was important to have discipline. It yeah. wasn't just about that moment in practice. <laughs> it's about what happens in the game when a player on the other team does something to provoke you, provoke a reaction from you, and then you do react and you get yourself thrown out of the game or you cause a penalty or whatever. What happens then? We have to have better discipline. And here you have Del Rio, not not even just with this, but just just the overt over and over and over again tweeting about these things. Again, do whatever you want. I'm not telling me you can't tweet, but there's mm-hmm. again, if within this team dynamic, there are, you know, even just general freedom of speech, like there are, you, you can't just say anything for, and then there's no consequences perhaps. So that's what we're talking about here. And then this is a really controlled situation. Um, and by the way, I will just, well, anyway, so I would just say to that point, I think there's like a bit of hypocrisy there on some level and I get coaches are not players, but if they're all in this together, I do wonder right. if the players look at this and go, wait a minute, <laughs> you're yelling at us. What about, where's the discipline over here? And I know, um, you know, Brian Mitchell today got a lot of attention for his big rant on 106.7. And one of the points he was making is the defense last year was not disciplined. And then you look what Del Rio's doing now, and maybe there's some correlation there. But that maybe, that's, maybe that's a stretch or not. I don't know. But I do think there's something to it. It does seem like it's not, it's not a consistent message, I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, Matt, I don't know what you think, but I, I do feel like they're, they're, that, that's the that's a strip, slippery slope for Ron right now, Matt, is that he may be co- coming off as, as this is inconsistent with his the way he handles things. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, the, how Ron has um, handled Jack's tweets before really stands out to me. I don't know if you guys remember, but in I think around November 2020, uh, I remember Les Carpenter did a story on Jack and did a profile on him. And he asked Ron, like, just a, a like kind of a broad question of what Jack has meant. And Ron kind of indirectly brought up the tweets and he laughed them off. You know, he, like he went out of his way, like, ha that's Jack. Something along those lines. Right. That's not verbatim, but it was, it was very playful. Like they was poking fun at it, but you know, he, he wasn't laughing today. It was, you know, you could clear, you could clearly tell that while well, he's probably already annoyed by the reasoning that it was, that it was like a sore subject for him. But yeah, you know, it, it's on him to, to have this message. Like it, they just really don't seem involved as much as, you know, Rivera's players may play good soldier. Like it doesn't seem like him and Del Rio have always been on the same page. Um, and that extends far beyond, like, you know, just the tweets. That, that goes to, I think, football stuff yeah. um, here and there, too. So there's just, like, a lot of weird circumstances. I don't know if they're necessarily not on the same page. But it's, they, they just kind of contradict each other here and there, and it's just bizarre. And, and I would just sort of also just add to this again. It's sort of a little bit of your point there. We don't have to belabor this. But, like, I, 
it's not fair to make every comparison to, well, what if the person was working under Bill Belichick? Would they do this type of thing? <laughs> right. But I would just imagine that Del, yeah. you at least have to ask the question about the, the Del Rio Rivera relationship and all that. If Del Rio is this willing and open to doing this thing, like would he be doing this under other under under other coaches? Right. I don't know. I mean, I know I, it's hard to say, but it does make you wonder what to what he feels this comfortable. Again, not talking about what he's saying, just the fact that he keeps saying anything to this degree um, th- th- that he feels this comfortable to be that he can do it under this coach. And then you see this coach today not say anything, at least publicly and. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, that said, I do want to get to one last thing here. So we said Del Rio issued a statement. Uh, um, he, 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 he retracts the uh, dust up comment. He, you know, uh, Scott read that statement. Here's the question for the group. Did he make the, how well, I don't want to say what's in his heart per se, but one of the things that was interesting fallout of today was that one of the Virginia state senators who had previously announced he was voting. <laughs> no, reversing his vote to no on the stadium bill tweeted today amidst all of this that this is sealing it for him that that del rio's comments today are sealing it that he's voting no how much do you think matt i'll let you go first if you want because you've been reporting on this do you think that is a big reason like that whoever was that somebody may have said to del rio you got to put out a statement because we can't have whatever you're saying here affect our other business do you think there was anything anything to that because I would say probably yes. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know that for sure, but um, yeah, that's that's just Jerry a guess Mc- on my part. Totally yeah, guess. yeah. I mean, Jerry McPike went on 106.7 earlier today, and he said that he was scheduled to meet with Jason Wright, uh, and that that meeting is not happening anymore. That he told the team that you know they just have too much stuff going on with their franchise right now, and they need to figure it out. And now McPike was already a no. So, you know, we can debate or we can avoid it, whatever, of how much like uh, a statement like his really meant. But it does show that Del Rio's tweet at least has, you know, ripple effects um, for the franchise. And the stadium thing was already an uphill climb. So to have this, you know, it's just another obstacle in their way. And Scott, Scott was mentioning before the call, and it's a great point that like this is the happy time of year, and so Scott, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, yeah, no. Build upon yeah. that, but yeah, know, no, it's a really, it is. It's a great point. Yeah, because we were talking about. I was talking about this on Tuesday on the radio. Like people were getting like, oh, this Carson Wentz stuff. Like he's you know going golfing, blah blah blah, hanging out with the guys, doing all the good stuff. And that's great, and, and it may be important or interesting, as Ron likes to say. I don't know which it is yet. We'll find out when the season starts because there's no results right now. So. We just kind of get fed this stuff about, hey, this is what's happening, this is what's happening. And we just kind of have to, you know, take it in and, and put it out there to the public, obviously, as media people. And, you know, it's it's really usually this is all teams. Like, this is positive. This happens to the Wizards every year, Ben. You know this. Hey, they're going to play defense this year. <laughs> they care about defense. This is like an annual story. I used to tease Steve Weiss, and I go, are you going to write the annual they're going to play defense story this year, Steve? Or is that John's job like we used to joke around about in the press room? But, I mean, it is like one of these things. It's been going on for decades with that team. But, anyway, you know, you get my point. But, anyway, so this is the time of year in the NFL. All these stories are happy. I heard Jalen Hurts is like 90%, you know, completion percentage with the Eagles and all this other stuff, you know. You've also heard that, you know, uh, that um, Ezekiel Elliott has found the fountain of youth and all these things are going on. But yet, and again, the commanders have found a way, you know, in year one of a new name and all this other stuff to 
have like the opposite of that, right? Like they've done, you know, like as Ted Leonsis likes to say, the positive pixels. They've done the anti-positive pixels here somehow, some way. You know, every so often they'll get a little wave of positivity and they'll they'll screw it up somehow, and it's usually self-inflicted. And in this case, it's their defensive coordinator. And it's just, it's like astonishing. And it, and it like, it beats the test of time, different people, different eras, what have you, but this is what they've been. And this is what they continue to be. And, you know, and I can, you know, this Senator, I mean, I think he's grandstanding, whatever. I mean, he was already out anyway, but yeah, I mean, that's why you don't trust the investment, right? It's like why you would not trust this investment because you know, something's going to happen. So there's always something around the corner, despite new people, new faces, what have you. Right. I mean, I, you know, in terms of the stadium part, to me, it's incredibly short-sighted when that one was a chat Peterson a couple weeks ago made mm-hmm. the comment when he proved to be a, something of a canary in the coal mine type deal, right, right. like saying he's pulling, he's, he's also reversing. He was the first one to reverse. And he's saying a part because he doesn't know if the franchise is viable. And I'm like, like they could they even be around in 10 years. I'm like, okay, calm down. Yeah. Like uh, Jack Del Rio may not even be here in a year. I mean, who knows? Like he won't, you know, the odds of any of these coaches, no offense to anybody being here in 2027, you know, probably pretty small. That's the case for any team five years out. So the idea that you would make a decision based on Jack Del Rio's comments is grandstanding. But that said, it's just another example of if you if if anybody wants to find an excuse to bail on this team and this organization, there's plenty of them. And this was just um, one more. Yep. So um, a, another wacky day there. Any um, we we'll move on to football unless you guys have any other comments about anything with uh, Del Rio today. In case I I'm forgot good. something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, All right. No. All right. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'll, I'm gonna pull like sort of the 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 bit here. We're not really doing commercials, but I'm gonna say we're gonna take a break and we'll come back and we're gonna get into what Ron Rivera had to say today about some injuries and what happened on the field here on the Standard Grimaldi podcast. All right. Um all right, let's talk about some football things. Uh we'll get to the on the field stuff in a sec, I promise. But Ron Rivera gave us some updates today. So first off, each day, the one of the first things we do is we see who's practicing, who's not practicing, or not to mention who's there and who's not there. In terms of the people that were there but not practicing, yeah, okay, Logan Thomas, Chase Rie, Tyler Larson, that they've been the standard players. They they had company today. Two guys, and they had company with two guys in particular who've had injury histories the last two years. And the fact that it's take this, taken this long into the podcast to bring up Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson on the side tells you what kind of a day it was out in commander's land. Uh, Curtis Samuel was on the side field. I'm not making a joke about it again. I, people like to call it the Curtis Samuel side field. No, I'm just saying he was on the side field. Rivera told us afterwards, or uh, let me, let me phrase. He told the reporters, I was not there. He told reporters today okay. that um, Samuel was dealing with some overall just tightness and overall soreness that he has been doing work uh, throughout this summer, uh, or throughout, you know, throughout these uh, OTAs, I, I thought he's looked pretty good. Monday they were out there, but after Monday going into Tuesday, he started to you know feel something, something. They decided to to be really, really cautious, is what Rivera said. So they let him sit. Obviously, we're all going to have some level of skepticism based on how things went last year. Rivera said this was not about the hamstring, just in general. All right, we all know to be cautious going forward, but we'll see where we're at next week. For mandatory minicamp, which is a starts on Tuesday, three days in theory, but Tuesday. Antonio Gibson, um, Rivera said he felt a ha, that on Monday Gibson had a quote twinge and quote um, during 
the middle of a Monday's session. Did he say what body part he had it in? I don't remember that. Oh, Gibson's a, a hamstring. Hamstring. Okay, right, right. Okay, yeah, I knew yeah. there was a hamstring somewhere. So yep. Gibson's hamstring. So sort of the same thing. I just decided to sort of shut him down. I'm not going to raise red flags, but obviously these two players, part of their issue last year was injuries. Certainly Samuel and partly Gibson. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Again, mandatory minicamp next week. And then there's a long break before training camp. But whatever this is, you know, Rivera said their goal is to make these things just be short-term issues, not long-term issues. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Samus Reyes is normally out there with the Logan Thomas group. He wasn't there at all today because apparently he's got some screw in his leg from a previous surgery that's causing some discomfort. Rivera didn't make it. He said that it didn't sound like it was a big deal to him, you know, so hopefully it's not going to be, but that's why Samus Reyes wasn't there. That's already going to be a really fun uh, battle, I think, for a, the possible fourth tight end spot um, that he had last year, but some other some other projects to keep an eye on this year. Uh, before we get to who was not here, any of those things to you particularly uh, stand out? Well, I mean, again, we're, we're trusting Ron's word on this, uh, that for in terms of Curtis Samuel, it's just soreness, right? It's just general soreness from he had such a great workout early in the week, and he's getting after it, and we just want to be smart, don't want to be stupid, so there's nothing to be worried about. So if that's true, cool, okay. But again – don't know. We'll see. I mean, we do, as you said, they got a lot of, a lot of meat in the bone before we get to the season. So hopefully it's all good, but clearly uh, that's a, uh, something that gets you, gets you scared a little bit, but just because of the person that it is and they really need him to, you know, they need him to show up. They need him to play this year and be part of it. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, they've got, you know, more running backs this year after adding Brian Robinson and then receiver, they draft Jahan Dodson. Um, so they have a little more depth there, but nonetheless, you have these guys, you need them to play. If we're going to talk about all their weapons and this is Carson Wentz's deepest group of playmakers, mm-hmm. you know, since he was in peewee football or whatever, <laughs> that they need right, to play. Right, but, but okay, right. well, we'll just, we're just, we're just noting what, what it was said. We're not raising right. flags or anything. Yeah. I don't think um, it's, yeah. Hopefully it's not a big deal. Right. And by the way, uh, Matt drop, Matt needed to run for a second. I don't know if he's, he just texted me. I don't know if he'll be able to come back or not, but if he does, we'll let him in. If not, you know, we appreciate his uh, time already. All appreciate right. his service. We do. Um, now, the people who were not there, we know Terry McLaurin wouldn't, was not going to be there. Mm-hmm. He has not shown up for any OTAs um, because of his contract situation. Right. Ron Payne also was not there. Um, as I've reported, you know, a couple weeks ago. He Look, you, you've been all over this, man. I got to give you the props because you, you had this, you know, you noticed this before anybody had a clue that he was passing on the team drills, right? He was doing the individuals, but he was not doing the team drills. And obviously he's not comfortable with his contract situation and he's making a business decision during voluntary part of the season. And, you know, Hey, they're, they're supportive of him publicly, but I'm sure they're a little leery, but the bottom line is, is you and I've discussed, he's got to play or he's not going to make that money, right? Like whether it's here or elsewhere, he's got to play. So it's not like, this is something that's going to cause him to be like a tank on the feet, you know, guy like just not trying to play. He's got to perform at a high level, you know, to, to get that money somewhere. Right. For, for sure. I mean, he'll, he'll play eventually. And you're right. And, you know, I, I don't know if I said it, but, but yes, this is all, all this is voluntary next week, yep. mandatory, which is why when Rivera was asked, did he expect Payne and McLaurin to be there? He said he expects everyone to yep. be there because it's mandatory, which again is different than saying he's saying they will be there. Um, right. Again, I, I think the McLaurin one will be really interesting. We just had a situation this week 
where the where the other two players from the the other two receivers from the 2019 class who are still looking for contracts, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. Debo Samuel showed up. I don't think he's done anything. Right. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's done anything. DK Metcalf's it didn't show up at all, which I believe right. will incur him a fine. There's right, a- which is interesting because he went to the voluntary part and didn't go to the mandatory. And there was a you know, somebody asked Cooper Cup about this in LA, and he's like, Why would I go to voluntary and not go to mandatory? Has anybody ever done that in the history of the world? And apparently the answer is yes, DK Metcalf. Right. And, and, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, I, I, you know, as I said, I've been under the weather, so I don't know what, maybe yeah, I missed yeah. something. I don't know what's going on over there, but that's, so it'll be interesting to see. I would have guessed, this is a guess, McLaurin's there next week because mm-hmm. of the, 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 the fine aspect, the fines are not arbitrary. Right, why give now. away the money? Why give away the money if you don't have to? And you, right. like you said, you could go and not do anything. Right. You can go and do a hold in essentially, which is, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, do some, you know, workouts and be in team meetings if you, if you want, but skip the on-field stuff so we'll see about about that and just for the record um you know m- m- um matt asked ron rivera today did he think that deron Payne was frustrated with his contract and rivera said he did not sense that that was the case i mean obviously i would not expect him to say anything else but um right. regardless i'm just noting it was asked it was the first time i believe he will not l- l- let me rephrase that it was definitely the first time he's been asked about deron Payne since my report so yeah and it yeah he did you know again i don't expect him to tell us anything right i mean that's kind of his role he's the ceo face i mean he talks nobody else does um in terms about the team so yeah i mean i expect him to say that he's not gonna he's not gonna say oh yeah he's frustrated he's pissed he hates it here he wants to be traded he's never gonna tell us that right that's not gonna happen all right, so finally let's get to the on the field stuff which is where i have no sense of anything other than what i saw Mm -hmm. tweeting and this is what was confusing to me. Okay. From the outside. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at the tweets. And you know, most of the time we're all just following the football. Sure. Not, you know, it's true. There's, there's only so much you can see. We're we're right. on the sideline, right? And you can't really you know there, first of all, there's no hitting typically, other than this one play where Jeremy Reeves gets a little too extra, puts a little extra mustard on a on a play. And by the way, I should mention uh Deami brown's the one that got hit in that play Rivera yes. seems to say it was a little bit of a shoulder but didn't think it was that bad i know some people were thinking immediate concussion I, whether it's true or it, we won't probably know unless we'll never know yeah. brown you don't have to know there's no bringer reports right now so yeah. right so unless Deami brown tells us something or like you know he's not that <clears throat> there next week right. or, or whatever we, we may not know but in any event rivera seemed to think that Deami brown was in a good space take that for what it's worth we'll see we'll hope for the best um i like deami brown i still think he's gonna be a factor this year well he's making plays i mean that's the thing him and him and dodson obviously get a lot of balls thrown their way without terry there so yeah and you know cole turner as well today i noticed i mean look that the offense definitely looks good i mean carson zips it he throw he threw a couple picks today but so know. so this was my 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 question on the one hand i'm seeing tweets about wow Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, the quarterbacks came to play. They're making plays yeah. down the field. Taylor made some plays today. Yeah, Taylor made a big play down the field to some guy number 19. <laughs> Mark and Michelle from UMass. Everybody had him, right? Like, yeah. You were talking about Mark and Michelle prior to the draft, I'm pretty sure, weren't you? Oh, no. yeah. No, no. no he, yeah, he, yeah. He's definitely somebody you want to take in your preseason fantasy football draft. Yeah, absolutely. Thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, So you hear that. Then I saw somebody – Somebody has an article that says, boy, tough day for the quarterbacks. Hmm. I, well, there were some picks. Again, there were some picks. So maybe that's why. But there was also, look, 
And here's the thing. Like, here's what here's what the the Denami Brown, Jeremy Reeves incident like shed the light. Not shed light. I knew this, but it just confirmed what I knew, Ben. And hopefully to everybody else that's out there, these these sessions are set up for the offense to shine because look, all Jeremy Reeves was doing was trying to make a play on the ball. He just did not see Denami Brown also trying to make a play on the ball. They collide, boom, and the defensive guy gets blamed for that, right? Um, and for all we know, Denami Brown ran, you know, the route at a yard deeper than he should have. I mean, I have no idea. But my point is, it's all for the offense to shine. The defensive guys have to be careful. I saw, you know, Troy Afke pull up a couple times today and some others after that incident. Like, the whole air out of the out of the practice field was taken out. Like, the, it was just like, it was such a weird situation. It went to straight to field goal kicking after that. Like, Joey slides out there, like, breaking, you know, trees down with his, you know, banging these, you know, 40-plus yarders through the uh, uprights and hitting trees with his ball. But anyway, so this is all set up for the offense. But, yes, the defense, Kendall Fuller made a play. Um, you know, I think it was uh, Forrest broke up a pass and somebody picked it. I mean, so, there, yeah, there was plays made by the defense. But it's so rare you see that. It feels like if it happens more than once, and it did, that it's a big day for the defense, right? But again, until they all get pads on and they're allowed to play football, it's kind of hard to really say, hey, this this group's kicking so-and-so's asses or not. Because again, it's set up for the offense to be successful. Right. And like, this is the, you know, I always, I, I, I don't, I hate to always kind of bring this up, but like, you know, I always tell everybody, whatever anybody's tweets, good or bad from OTAs, take it with massive grains of salt. Because like, we're not right. tweeting every play, not even close. Right. I, I'll go through an entire session. Maybe I'll tweet like, one or two things, but they tend to be the bigger things, i.e. somebody catches a 50-yard touchdown or somebody throws a pick. Thus, it feels like it's an extreme. I'm not necessarily tweeting, wow, there was a nice eight-yard pass to McKissick in the flat, right? I mean, that may be be something (laughs) I would write about in my uh, in a notebook, but not, anyway, so maybe that's where the controversy or the, 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 the confusion is. But like, as I said, I was looking at different people's tweeting or reporting or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I feel like the offense is doing better, but now I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, um, yeah. so well, they feel, here's the bottom line. They feel like the offense is better. And again, this goes maybe back to my point earlier, about happy talk or, you know, <laughs> dive of the season, but you know, Jack Del Rio in between the, the tweeting talk did say, Hey, look, our quarterback room, I feel good about him. I don't like, you know, and he goes, and they're the other side of the ball. You know, that's not his side. He goes, but this is better. This has been better. Um, and like, you you know this. You saw this last week, the week before. Carson Wentz looks like the father of the other two quarterbacks, right, that are numbers two and three behind him. I mean, he's that much bigger than Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell. And Sam Howell, you know, did some good things out there today. T- Taylor threw a beautiful deep ball today, you know, and – you know, Taylor knows the offense better, all these guys. And, you know, then you got, you know, you got the uh, huge guy who's actually bigger than, than Taylor, or excuse me, bigger than Carson and Cole Kelly. He's like nine feet tall. But, but, t- but Carson Wentz physically stands out above everybody else in terms of the quarterbacks that are going to be on the active roster. And when he throws the ball, it looks different. And they haven't had that in a long time. You know, I mean, Alex Smith didn't throw the ball like that. Certainly um, they didn't have that with, um, with with uh Fitzpatrick either you know he threw it okay but he didn't throw it like Carson does but again does he throw it to the right jersey <laughs> you know down the road does he does he get in his own headspace Ron Rivera told an interesting story today Ben about how Carson Wentz talks to himself between plays and I thought that was kind of uh kind of funny and I was thinking to myself I don't know if this is positive or a negative story 
like the Carson Wentz is talking to himself. I don't know what Matt. I don't know what Matt thought about that, but I was kind of like, I don't know if I want a guy talking to himself as at the quarterback position in his own headspace. What did you think about that, Matt? I thought it was kind of a funny aside when Rod said, "Yeah, you know, he talks to himself." I thought he was talking to me. I was like, that's a little strange. Uh, I I thought it would uh, maybe make for a good lead tomorrow or something when we can (laughs) finally afford to write about Wentz. But um, yeah, you know, it does show that I don't think it's a big deal as long as he doesn't let it carry over into the next play because that that's the problem we saw really in 2020 right when Wentz really started to go off the rails it was the problems kept mounting up and he wasn't able to overcome them that happened a little bit down the stretch in Indianapolis last season but he was a lot more consistent throughout the year was really able to to do the deep ball so I don't necessarily have questions about Wentz's mental toughness or anything like that I just think it's more so can he actually go out and execute and can he be can keep being consistent because consistency has really been his uh, on the field problems uh, the last few years. Um, Matt, so we were just talking about sort of the offense. I was trying to explain it to Scott. I was trying to interpret whatever, what, how, the, how everybody was looking, reading everybody's tweets. I was confused a little bit at times. Um, but one thing I didn't notice as much, and again, there was a lot happening because the, the Jeremy Reeves hit, I think really just sort of, change the focus and you know i think people were probably anticipating what was going to happen after practice but like last week we had the big thing of like benjamin st juice is playing inside slot um you know that was a new wrinkle there's always some different rotate guys and like the rotation are different and again we don't go crazy but i didn't see notice anything like that today did you and maybe people just didn't tweet it out or you're saying people are saving for their secret notebooks i don't want to steal your information but was there anything like just unique or different or interesting yeah. today and maybe there wasn't but no it, it it honestly felt like a day of so i don't know i had to dip out for a little bit but uh did you guys talk about curtis samuel or turno gibson yeah we did we, we did but yeah go ahead if you want to expand on that go ahead. yeah well so it, it just felt like the reason i i asked uh ron initially whether those are they were rest days for a guy because I wasn't necessarily thinking they had injuries because based on how a lot of the formations and the packages today, it looked like a lot of guys were doing rest days. You know, you saw Derek Forrest running a lot more with the twos and even sometimes in that third safety spot. It seemed like they were a lot more experimenting today. And I don't know if Montez Sweat got any teamwork. I don't believe I saw him, but um you know, it definitely seemed like it didn't seem like Jonathan Allen had as big of a workload. He was in there, but I don't think he got his normal run. So it did seem like they were experimenting a little bit more. Um, I don't know how much to read into all that stuff, but yeah, it, it, today was today was a, the, the lineups look like they could be maybe week 14 when injuries actually take a toll versus what they will be week one. Like yeah, when they t- play the when they play the Eagles, the the Garrett Gilbert game, and half the team is out, like that kind of deal. Well, or yeah. like a week four, like the old days, a week four preseason game. In some sense, I mean, like Alex Amra or Arma was yeah. the fullback was in a lot, and I was like, okay, interesting. So they have fullback formations now. Like, what's going on there? That was it was a lot of with him out there, uh, which was interesting. And then you know we saw some quarterback sweeps. <laughs> we saw some stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. But they like maybe it was kind of a rest day, and that, that's perfect timing to get the media out there to see nothing. <laughs> yeah. gotcha. So, um, so Arma was only out there because um, 
Hodges, the, the tight end, uh, yeah. Chris. Yeah, Hodges. C- he, Curtis he was, Hodges. Yeah. Curtis Hodges. I always want to call him Craig Hodges, and I know that's not right. Yeah, Craig Hodges. NBA, NBA, specials, baby. Three point yes. NBA hero. Yeah. Yeah, for the Bulls. Yeah. So uh, Curtis Hodges. He was on the side field. So okay, you there know, you we go. even saw more more of that. But Curtis Hodges was, you know, he was elevated because Logan Thomas wasn't there. So it's like all these ripple effects that we're we're still seeing. And also, no Samus Rice too. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, no rays, and you saw, you know, and Gandy Golden a little bit, and right. you know, obviously Cole Turner when they started doing the two minute drill made some plays. But I forgot to mention when I was going through the injury guys. Uh, also on the side, Matt mentioned Curtis Hodges to the tight end. Also, Farad Gardner, a uh, one of these undrafted free agents who's kind of an interesting guy at safety, and Sadiq Charles also was on the side. I don't think we ever asked what yeah. was up with him, sure. but um, he was on the side. Um, as well, I'm going to spring a question on to you guys here since OTAs are now over, okay. and, I'll, and I'll give my answer while you to let you guys contemplate. Doesn't have to be the most important thing, but just like what's an interesting takeaway from you based on having been out there for these OTAs? Um, I, I'll just kind of go with okay. that. I know the season is not; we got a long way to go till we get to September against Jacksonville, but. I can't believe that at this point we're, we're, you know, OTAs are done. And if you said to me right now, who is the 11th defender? I have no idea. Like you want to tell me it's St. Juice. Okay. Sure. You want to tell me that Percy Butler, just because um, Rivera on draft, they said he could be in the mix for the Buffalo nickel. Sure. I'm not saying he's had a bad start. I'm just saying it's been kind of a we just uh, we'll we'll see if Matt can, comes back. Uh I, it was kind of a quiet. You know, he's been quiet, right? At least, right? Etc. Um, Derek Forrest had 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 some moments today. I, I saw people tweeting about, it and I, I I commented the previous last week. I wrote something and mentioned that he had been somebody, maybe, but like you can't tell me that any of these guys are like even close to being like a, a pretty confident answer. The way the last you know a couple of years you had the Landon Collins or the John Bostic, I'm not saying they were the best players. I'm just saying you kind of knew that they existed. I'm just stunned that here we are this deep. I still have no idea who it may, who may not be. And even if it is St. Juice, like, I don't, you know, I mean, you know, we're still talking about a, a, something of an experiment to use him inside. So I still yeah. imagine they're going to sign a vet or two at some point here before training camp. But that to me would be my sort of interesting takeaway that we're, we're this deep in. And I still don't know who the 11th defender is. That's a good one in the fact that they've never brought a linebacker in, um, you know, of any, of any, they didn't draft one and they didn't bring one in, you know, obviously post-draft they did, but not in terms of veterans, what have you. And this was like the most important thing in the world. We were led to believe by the staff and you know, they brought it up many times. I mean, even after the draft, he brought up the, the veteran linebacker need and we haven't seen it yet. So that's, that's been kind of interesting, I would say, but I, you know, look, John Dodson, I'll say this. I mean, for a lot of people that kind of put their nose up at the pick at the time, and, you know, if you've been following what's going on with, with Traylon Burks, Burks down there in Tennessee, you know, he's got asthma now, they're saying. Before that, he was out of shape. You know, he was thrown up at rookie minicamp and all these other things. And these people that should have been, that we thought, right, ahead of Jahan Dotson, you know, he's looked he's looked apart, man. I mean, every day I've been out there, he's shown something, you know, and, I, and I'm not out there as much as, you know, is my every day obviously like like you guys have been I missed one of the weeks but every time 
you look at him, you can see what they're, what they're talking about. And I kind of felt like he was slept on prior to the draft. And I know this, this uh, front office does not get a lot of credit for being, you know, like ahead of the game and people are still holding candles in their window for, for Kyle Smith to come back. And then of course people bought t-shirts for Scott McLuhan, but that's a whole different funny story. Um, But anyway, yeah, I'll just say that, that part too has been, which is, you know, a positive clearly because they missed enough in the first round, but it looks like this kid, he's, He's going to be ready. I'd be surprised if he was, if he was not ready when the season started. Yeah, if I was going to go half glass full, not my other one's half glass empty. It was just half glass yeah, curious. Right. The, right. The, the, like I always say, I'm not looking for the first round pick or any of the sure. rookies to be stars when they show up. Right. I'm looking from look like they belong. And he belongs, yeah. And he belongs. Uh, Matt, I, I don't know if you had heard the question, but uh, just at, now that OTAs are done, Give me any interesting takeaway you have. I, I went with the, we don't know the 11th defender. He went Jahan Dobson. Anything stand out? Or you can just expand on one of those two things if you want. I think the question I have, and it was hard, it wasn't relevant today because he wasn't playing, but. It's been, hey, uh, you're, you're a little low just for the record. Oh, uh, can you hear me now? Uh, you're a little lower than you were before is all I know, but go ahead, talk, we'll figure it out. Um. It's just, can Curtis Samuel actually contribute? I was thinking about how Landon Collins went about last year and how coming out of camp and stuff, um, we as a media core were kind of excited to see if whether he would return to form. And I felt that happening a little bit this year with Curtis Samuel. But, you know, today today's, even though he was just sore, maybe it's nothing big, it provided a, a little bit of a reminder to me that, Okay, maybe we can't count on this guy as much, but I think the Curtis Samuel question is kind of what you know. I have. Um, Big I ha- for me. Yeah, I have to do a. Um, don't tell my boss. I'm saying I have to do some bit for the athletic. Like where every writer has to do, like you know, who's the such and such, like who's like a breakout player for your team, like sort of like a fantasy football type thing. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm overthinking it. Like breakout player, I don't know. I was like, well, I don't know. Does Curtis Samuel count? Like, I know right. he's on a breakout, but like after <laughs> last year, and I was like, I was feeling like more optimistic. I was saying he sounded more confident in his tone when we spoke to him previously. And I was like, maybe I'll go Curtis Samuel. I will not be going for him now. It, I'm not, you know, again, as I said before, I'm not saying this, whatever happened here this week is there is going to be, you know, we'll get next year again. I'm just saying, as Matt said, it took, it's a reminder. Yeah, it is a reminder. It's, hey, what about Mark and Michelle? Uh, he made a lot of plays today, Matt. Maybe Ben should go with him as his breakout player, number 19. <laughs> yeah, hey, you can't refer to him as Sony's brother anymore. That's right. <laughs> they, they, he was they, making all kinds of plays. He's flying all over the field. There I you know, go. I'm a little bit disappointed for my Kelvin Harmon is this year's Steven Sims uh, take because it doesn't look like we'll yeah. much to write about for Harmon. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Um, l- last thing, I guess, um, Carson Wentz did talk today. Again, it goes to show kind of how things went that we went this far in. Um, I do, I watched the press conference. Matt was there and had a chance to ask questions. Um, if this was just like a normal day, you know, not that such things exist in these parts, but if this was just a normal day, you know, there was some interesting stuff. He talked about how he's, you know, he, he feels like he's, a, he's, he's gained maturity, both just based on getting older, but now he has kids and the experience of being moved. You know, now he's on a third team, and he thinks that's going to help him adjust with his new team. He's getting to know his teammates, being a leader. Like, he's saying all, you know, not, in that respect, he's saying all the right things, I think. And it seemed genuine. I took it as such, coming that it came across that way. I didn't come – I've, I've been around other quarterbacks that have been very – seemed phony 
I didn't take it as such, but I also wasn't in the room with with them. Um, you know, he talked about, you know, yeah, Terry McLaurin's not around, but they have spoken and, you know, they had some time together earlier in OTAs and that won't be an issue. And, you know, I, I didn't take, I didn't think there was any one major headline out of this story, but maybe that's just because the day was filled with some other headlines. But Matt, you were in the room. Was there anything for you on Carson Wentz? Um, just what, you know, just like one thing that kind of stood out or just what was your view of this, you know, talking to him today? Yeah, just, you know, he seems like he'll be a good quote for our purposes. I know that's not the main takeaway that everyone wants to hear, but it's always how I gauge it. Um, he talked a lot about the deep ball and kind of improving Washington's offense there. That's reminded me a lot of um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I kind of remember last year how Fitzpatrick was talking about how the offense, even for him, a guy who's been around so long, it was kind of difficult to learn how the progressions were – different than what he was used to those sorts of things so I asked um, Carson that today and he really downplayed it didn't really say much about you know the the difficulty that there were some things different Um, but he noticed he he talked about how he's gonna have to throw to running backs more and that this offense features that I think that's interesting because that that's a criticism you've heard of Carson's game in the past is that he's not willing to make those throws so he seemed a little bit conscious of that and um, you know, if they play into that, if he plays into that or accepts that, I think they'll be just fine because, you know, watching them on the field and it's OTAs, but their offense looks fine. You know, even for, especially for Terry McLaurin not being here, Jahan Dotson looks really good. Um, he is an upgrade. It just how much of one is kind of the question. Yeah, I mean, it will be it will be a really fun look at Carson Wentz when we get to training camp or things like you said throwing the ball to the running backs and just how he looks, you know, even for OTAs, this one has felt more dialed back again. I wasn't there this today. So, and it sounds like he's even more dialed back today, but um, I'll be, I'm excited for next week to a degree. And then even more so training camp just for the Carson Wentz experiment, because we got to see him, you know, unleash. And I do think, as I've said before, we can debate a hundred things with him he raises the ceiling of this offense. And I think that's a huge deal. And with the weapons that they have, um, you know, I am curious to see where it goes. It may go in the toilet, but I do think <laughs> there's a chance that he can take them to, to another level. And I think that's what makes, that's what gives them anybody hope for this team uh, in terms of the offense. So I am uh, curious to see where that goes. I, I'll say this about him. Like, and I didn't, I was saying when they traded for him, like prior to the trade, I was like, oh, my God, don't get him. I mean, uh, Frank Reich hates him now, you know, prior to really knowing that whole story. It seemed it was a more ownership based kind of move. But I, I think he's nailed the the press conferences so far, whatever that means. Right. Like, but he's yeah. he has. Yeah. I mean, look, he you know, I, I could barely tell you what his voice sounded like prior to him being traded here because he had been so kind of out of the scene and he doesn't like to do it. But again, he played at North Dakota State with from North Dakota State to Philadelphia. I mean, you can't talk about much bigger of a culture shock than that. I mean, in terms of like different kind of places. So, you know, again, that failed, obviously Indianapolis, you know, the owner soured on them. Maybe the GM bought into it too. I still don't think Frank Reich was hundred percent on board. If you really pay attention to what he said. So we'll see. I mean, again, like you guys said, like he definitely athletically, you know, physically has all the tools mentally. Can he stick in there? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but I think for his part, he's, he's tried to do things. It sounds like he's trying to do things a little differently. And to this point, I think, you know, in terms of way he's dealt with the public part of it, he's not shied away from the criticisms. He's not, he's not gotten in back and forth with things. I guess somebody asked him about Troy Aikman's comment today. 
he didn't he said okay (laughs) i mean he wasn't like trying to like debate it he just you know so from that point i think you know it seems like he's in the right head space and we'll see yeah i mean i agree i think he's doing the right thing so far ultimately what happens on the field is what matters and maybe right if things go sideways there then it goes sideways for him we don't know but right now sort of what i said before dotson when you show up for the rookie just look the part look like you belong same thing here to a degree he looks like he belongs and i think everybody agrees that their offense looks um more potent with him under center uh really hard to argue that any other final thoughts for you guys just the ron rivera you know with it went from such an extreme like here's a guy who showed us a side of him we never seen with like all the f-bombs to you know, kind of playing down the stuff with Jack Del Rio publicly. And then, of course, the other comments happened afterwards, which were after the fact that obviously we've had the walk back. This is kind of a crazy day because I think that would have been the story, right? Like that would have been like, Rod, you know, he just he just showed this like, you know, like tone setter kind of side and then went from that to, oh, my God, does he have a problem with his associate head coach slash defensive coordinator can't stop talking? Yeah, no, it's it's really just for me about how it comes together because there are so many pieces missing right now in terms of Chase Young, what's up with him? You know, we didn't he, – he's been rehabbing inside, but, you know, I don't think that's as big of a deal, but it's just small things. Like, why isn't he out uh, on the side field with the rest of the group when all the other people are rehabbing on the side field? Is there something about his injury? You know, he's probably the most important part of that defense, and – I do think the defense has looked a little better. Um, I'm kind of more interested to see it as as we get into mini, mandatory mini camp next week, how much of this mix and matching will continue. Will they go to play more traditional nickel sets where Benjamin St. Juice is in, um, you know, as a slot cornerback versus are they going to roll with three safeties again? Just how much of this is going to be new or how much of this are they going to try and bank on the continuity that they've been really preaching about and how much of an upgrade uh, can this team make? I do think one thing that Del Rio said today that, again, it's hard to remember uh, that it went when it wasn't about the tweeting and stuff um, was he basically, I think sort of to that point, he kind of finally admitted that like, look, the Buffalo nickel thing. uh, (laughs) We may have had to to overemphasize this, the importance of this position because we had a guy who didn't want to admit he wasn't playing safety anymore. So we had, yeah. I mean, I mean, technically, I mean, the Buffalo nickel did exist the year before with Cam Curl, but like, you know, I, whenever I hear the notion, like they didn't play three linebackers a lot last year. I'm like, well, then what was Landon Collins? Was he a linebacker or was he not? We were all, no, we all knew he was a linebacker, but we just, we were all willing to admit, we, you know, that, um, that, that bit a few years ago that this kid who's like uh, in like San Francisco, the, the entire city did this elaborate bit where this kid was like Batman. And they did yeah. this, all these things, so the kid was like actually go, was like actually in real time catching the Joker or whoever it was because he thinks he was because everybody coordinated to do, the, to do this thing. That's what we did last year. We all coordinated to just let it pretend that Landon Collins was not a, was not a, a linebacker. So um, that said, yeah, to that you know that's why it could be Benjamin St. Houston. I don't know, it could be anybody you know, in that sort of eleventh spot or nickel defender, or what have you. Um, all right, you guys have been great. I really appreciate it, especially since I could not make it out today. Uh, thanks so much for the insight as to what happened and going along with this wacky ride today that was Commander's OTA. Um, you barely missed anything, Ben. You just an on-field collision and a defensive coordinator walking back comments later. No big deal. I mean, trust me, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, 
part part of me was like, okay, if I go out in the field and I just I avoid everybody, I just stand way away. Is that kosher? But I decided, all right, I gotta I'm gonna go buy societal rules. You, you you test, you stay inside. So that's what we did. Um, all right. At Matthew underscore Paris on Twitter, read him at the Washington Times. At Jackson Sports on Twitter, you can find Scott. Are you are you on uh, nine eighty this week? Yes, I am, and apparently next week. All right, not typically in the nine to twelve spot. Sometimes he's on yeah. the weekends when I'm there. I'll just mention I'm not there on Sunday this weekend, so don't look for me there. Um, but anyway, uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, Thank I'll you. Just, I'll just end the podcast here. Thanks for everybody for checking out the podcast. Uh, go read what I my update from today on the Athletic, and uh, you know subscribe of course to this podcast so you don't miss the next ones but that's it for now until next time see ya